Second Chronicles chapter number 20 and verse number 20. I want us all to read as a family together, if you can put it up so that we can read it together. And we will take off from there. Second Chronicles chapter number 20, verse number 20. It's up. Let's all read it. Disturbing everybody but yourself. Ready? Go. Okay, you read, it, you read it a little well, but it's like some of you were going faster than others. When you see a punctuation sign, you rest a little bit. So let's start again as we were taught in school, isn't it? Let's read it very... <laughs> Ready, go. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out... Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. And we said that that word there in the original rendition is Aman and Chalak. Aman means believe in God. And you shall be established. And chalak means believe in his prophets. And you shall prosper. Hallelujah. And uh, Pastor Gloria has been doing a fantastic job about teaching us how to believe in God. And last week she continued by teaching us a few steps into believing in our prophets. Amen. I'm going to lay a little bit more on the foundation that she left us with last week by saying or teaching us on how to get the most out of your prophet's ministry. How to get the most out of your pastor's ministry or your prophet's ministry. And since you read fantastically 2 Chronicles 20, 20, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 23 from verse 37 to 39 to you. Bible says, this is Jesus speaking. If the Bible you're using is a good version, it will be in red. And the Bible says that, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are set, sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. A few things that I want us to pick from this scripture. We looked at it last week, didn't we, on Sunday. But I want us to pick a few things from here. The first thing I want you to pick from this is that there is a blessing that is hidden in your prophets. There is a blessing that is hidden in your prophets. 
That's the first thing I want you to understand. He said, I believe uh, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And don't forget, he said that believe in your prophets and you shall prosper. Prosperity is different from establishment. Am I making sense? You can be established and not be prosperous. Am I, I'm trying to lay a foundation here. The way you've gone quiet, I'm worried. Is that all right? You can be very, very established. Established in the place that everybody knows you are, you are here. But you'll be broke. Have you seen a beggar that sits by the train station? He's established. Everybody knows him. Every time you go rain, snow, sleet, shine, he's still sitting there. He's very well established, but he's not prosperous. Are you getting it? You can see a house that has been stood there for many years. It's dilapidated. It is a very well-known and very established building. It's a landmark, but it's derelict. It is not prosperous. Which means that you will be making or doing yourself a great disservice by just stopping at the place where you believe in God. And not in the man that has been sent. And Jesus speaking said that, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing all the prophets that have been sent to you. Oh, how I would that you would gather like a, a, a chicken gathering, a hen gathering her chicks under her wings when the hawk is coming. I would want you to gather like that. But you would not. So your house is left to you desolate. It means, at what, what does a desolate house mean? It's neglected. It is, it is not occupied it is not well furnished. It is abundant. It is not well cared for. Hallelujah. So you are losing a certain sense. Remember what the scripture said in, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 2 verse 9. It says that we are co-laborers. Look for that scripture for me. We are co-laborers together with God. Which means that God does a part. And we also do a part. God never works in isolation. He works together with us. Am I making sense? God works together with us. So if he, does not, he does not leave us just at that place. He's working with, get, together with men who are normal like you and I. Hallelujah. So, Jesus goes on to say that when you do not take the one that has been sent to you, you miss out on a blessing. Who has seen a diamond before? Diamond and gold, when you see it in the shop, it is at its most polished state. At the state where the diamond is mined, it comes with a lot of earth, a lot of dirt, a lot of dust around it. You have to be a miner. 
You have to be somebody who is sensitive to be able to mine the gold or the diamond away from the rock that is hidden inside. Yeah, the place has gone quiet and I haven't even started. How many understand what I'm saying? You will have to, you will have to uh, first of all, be able to identify that this thing that looks like a stone, that looks like a rock, has gold in it or has diamond in it. Amen. For some people, they will kick it because it looks like a stone. For some people, it looks like a rock. They will just throw it away. But anybody who knows a lot about uh, minerals would take that thing and say that you have got, gotten the greatest or the heaviest, the world's biggest diamond. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you can find a picture of a discovery of the world's biggest diamond. You will see that when they say it's a world's biggest diamond, it's a lot of sand and a lot of dust around it. Am I making sense? Hello? The way you're going quiet, you're making me worried. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, the Bible says that for we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Amen. We have treasure in a vessel that is earthen. A vessel that is as weak as anything. A vessel that has a lot of debt on it. A vessel that has a lot of uh, mistakes around it. But it has treasure inside of it. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If you don't overlook the dust, you will miss out on the treasure. Hello? Oh, I, am, I am preaching, but I don't think I'm preaching to the right church. So Jesus says that you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. You will not see me. You will not experience a certain type, a certain power that I have inside of me. Uh, or, or anybody I send to you, you will not experience the power the person has until you come to the point where you bless God for their lives. Amen. Amen. Matthew thirteen fifty three. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables uh, that he departed from there. And when he came to his own country, he taught them in their, in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters are all, are they not all with us? Where then did he, this man get all these things? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now, 
he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Hallelujah. This is Jesus, all power, almighty. He had done so many mighty works. The people attested to the fact that Jesus had done mighty works. But something, something happened in his own hometown that made him not able to do the mighty works they had heard of. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that was because they questioned the earth, earth around the, go, the, the, the gold. They questioned the death around the diamond. They could not receive the diamond because of the death that was around it. Have you found the rock? Yeah. Okay. So that is, can you see, can you see how they mine for diamonds? It takes a, an expert who can see and identify that amidst this black charcoal and death, there is gold. There is diamond. I need to, to take my time and sift through the, the, all the trash, all the, the, the rubbish to pick out the, that great miracle, that great diamond and treasure that is there. Hallelujah. If we don't do that, our normal tendency is to be like the man, Jesus' uh, hometown kinsman. Is this not Pastor Chris? Has he not been with us all these years? Don't we know his wife and his children? Where, from where come all these miracles that he's doing these days? And Jesus said, indeed, a prophet is without honor, which means that every prophet has honor when he's away from his home. In his own house, there is no honor. In his own country, there is no valuation. They don't value him. They don't value what he has to say. They don't value the things that he can bring to the table because he comes from there. Is this not a carpenter's son? Is this not a carpenter's son? Don't we know him? Has he not always been here? We know all his family members. Hallelujah. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So we cannot, we cannot accept him. They could not accept Jesus. They could not get what Jesus had to bring. Meanwhile, this Jesus had done so many miracles. So many signs and wonders. So look at this attitude. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. Let's look at another, another group of people and how they received Jesus. Verse 18, Luke chapter 6, verse 18. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirit and they were healed. Let, let's maybe go up. Go up to 16. Then we can understand it. Okay, so 
Judas was one of them, but he didn't believe. Go to 617. And he came down with them and stood at a level place. And with a crowd of his disciples. And a great, somebody say a great multitude. A great multitude of people from all Judah and Jerusalem and from the sea coast, quickly, of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to do what? Hear and what? Be healed. They came to hear and they received the gold because of how they treated the earthen vessel. They came to hear and be healed. Amen. And let's go on. And as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were what? They were healed. And those multitudes sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them what? All. They believed in the power. This is the same person we read in his own hometown. He could dare do no mighty works because they questioned him. Where did he get this power from? Where did he get this authority from? Who sent him? Who gave him this power? Is it not he has gone somewhere? He has traveled to the far east to get some voodoo. He has gone somewhere to get some, some powers and he has brought these powers here. From whence did he get these powers? So in that place, he could dare do no mighty works, no miracles. Was it the same powerful Jesus? Is it not the same person where uh, in this place, power goes out of him and heals all? He doesn't even have to touch them. They touch him. They touch him and they are healed. And because of their belief, miracle flows. Could it be, brothers and sisters, the reason why you don't receive any miracles in the local church is because you behaved like the first group of people? I don't know. I'm suspecting how you've gone quiet. I'm really, really very suspicious of your quietness. Let me stand by the pulpit so that I can see all of you just in case you want to throw something at me. Hallelujah. And you see, Jesus, Jesus is also very observant. He notices everything. So he asked the question in verse 46. Look at verse 46 and look at what Jesus says. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Why? Which means that in that place where he was doing a lot of miracles and mighty works, they were calling him what? Lord. But in his own country, they called him the carpenter's son. Go back to that scripture in Matthew again. Let me show you something there. Matthew 13. 
the Matthew 13, the one. Is this not what? The carpenter's son is not his mother called Mary. Do you know something? In the, in the far east, the culture was such that you are identified by your father. Everybody is identified by their father. So, uh, Simon bar Jonah. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, son of what? Timius. Are, are you getting it? They identify you by your, your, your father. When they say, is this not the son of Mary? What they are saying is, is this not the bastard? It's not the guy who doesn't have a father. Think about it. Is it not the, the guy whose paternity is in question? How many know that it is only your kinsmen and the people who are close to you who will know some secrets about your family heritage that nobody else knows? They know personal things about him. This guy's paternity is in doubt. The father said it wasn't him. In those days, they didn't have DNA to test. When they were about to marry, they found out that the mother was with child. And the father, not wanting to make a a, a disgrace of, of her, decided to go along and play along. So this Jesus, his father, his paternity is in doubt. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the son of Mary? Where did he get this power from? If God wants to give power, he won't give it to bastards. But we have treasure in 18 verses. Hallelujah. So Jesus said that you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There's a certain power you will never experience. And I've seen it myself as a pastor. When I go outside my local church, I see power. I see manifestation of power. When I'm in my church and I'm praying, I see resistance and I sense it. So you know what? I also, you see, when you know what you carry, you don't struggle. Hello? You don't struggle. Have you seen a father who who says, I am the head, I am the head, I am the head. He's not the head. (laughs) I mean, no one else like that. The husband who says, I am the head, I am the head. Or the boss who says, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the man of the house. You are not the man of the house. Because if you are the man of the house, you won't be saying it. Because you know what you carry. So you don't need, your, your, your power, your, your place or your position is not in doubt. And as the head of this house, as the head of you, you are not the head. There's somebody else who is the head. You're actually fighting to be. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? I'm the pastor of the church. I'm the pastor. It means there's somebody there. They don't have the title, but they have the position. You have the title, but you are nobody. That's why you have to remind us all the time. 
I don't have to remind you, I'm the one with the power. I'm the one with the power. So go down. Go down. No, 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 no. You don't want to go down. Hey, let's go on. <laughs> if you want to receive the miracle, let's go on. How many understand? Because as, as the man is preaching, uh, he's, he's looking at me. I know that this thing is talking about me. Is this not the carpenter? This carpenter, we know him. We've been seeing the, the boxes he has been. Look at the last bed. The last bed is, is like leaning on the left side. Today he says he's a, he's a son of God. Where did he get his credential from? But, but look at the apostles, the disciples. They walked with him. But they had a certain reverence for him. In spite of being close, they did not take him for granted. In 1 John 1, 1, he says that that which we have seen, that which we have touched, that which we have handled, the word made flesh, that we declare to you. Which means that they actually acknowledge his, his lordship. Look at it. Verse 1, go back, go back. That which from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have what? Handled. And then the, the, if, if you are using the Bible that you can underline, it says word of life. He doesn't call him a man. He called him the word made flesh. So John says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in 1 John 1, he says that that which we have seen, we have touched the word of life. This is God made flesh. That's how we see him. That's how we relate with him. We do not relate with him like uh, an ordinary uh, man. No. We relate with him like a God man. Hello? The way, even you go quiet, then I get worried. Yeah. So how you receive the man is very important. Hallelujah. How you see him. Can you be so close and yet have so much reverence? Or the closeness blinds you from the person or the gift of the person? Hello? You know, the message I'm preaching is a very difficult message. So you guys encourage me small. You know why it's a difficult message? Nobody wants to tell you I am he. Are you getting it? It's like it, it smacks of pride. So it's a difficult message I'm preaching. But I have to help you to be able to, 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 be able to uh, walk in a certain blessing and a certain prosperity. You see, Minister Kieran, when he's in this church, nobody respects him. Kieran, Kieran, come here. Kieran, come here. Because they saw him when he was young. I didn't have a son. 
They saw, they saw him when he was 10 years old. When he was 15 years. When he was, when he was here, they saw him. But that man carries a certain anointing. He carries a certain anointing. When you go to his church and you see what he's doing there, you understand his message a little better. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? But it's very difficult to, to accept him because you know him as a joker. You know him as a clown. You know him as a, a jester. So you cannot identify the anointing that he carries. Yeah. So when he, when he gives, when he says something, it's difficult to be taken around here. But when he goes elsewhere, then you see a certain grace he carries. Hallelujah. But why should outsiders enjoy our product and enjoy our blessing and we lose out? How many times do outsiders come here? So why don't we learn how to actually take the blessing that God has given us and use it well for our own benefit? How many understand what I'm saying? Because you, he says that unless you receive the one that I have sent and bless God for his life, you will not see me. Which means that if you can't receive him, you will not see God. Uh, I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I don't know whether I'm preaching to the right church. How do you receive your pastor? Do you receive him as the man of God or the God man or the man God? Man of God or God man? Think about it. God has put his treasure in earthen vessel and presented it to you. Do you receive it as an earthen vessel or do you receive it as a treasure? Which one do you receive? Because how you receive will determine what you get. See, and this thing happens everywhere. See, when you hear T.D. Jakes, if we say T.D. Jakes is coming here, your attitude will change. Your expectation will change. But uh, in his family, they don't even go for his meetings. Wednesday service is empty. But you, if you were anywhere near uh, Dallas and it's on a Wednesday, you will do everything to go there. We went, to, we went for a meeting uh, 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 for his service and he was complaining that his church members don't come and listen to him. <laughs> you know, we, we changed two airplanes to get there just to see and hear from him. But the people who were there, half of them were in the foyer chatting. 
all the four days that he was preaching, they were in the, uh, what do you call it? In the foyer chatting and eating. Yeah. I am doing, uh, what do you call it, a camp. My members say they won't come. They were going to work. Meanwhile, when I go to some place, some people take airplanes to come and hear what I have to say. But you will not leave home to come and hear what I have to say on the Wednesday. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that is why your house is left desolate. A desolate house is a house that is unattended. It is not because God wants the house desolate, but because the people have decided that they will not receive what God has sent. They want something else. Hey, I am preaching. 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 Whether you receive it or not, I don't care. Acts chapter 3. Verse 1, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily. Someone say daily. At the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask for arms from those who entered the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for arms. And fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look on us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. Now the good thing about this guy was that he did not decide what he wanted. He did not decide what he expected. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if he was expecting just arms, just money, and nothing else, and Peter was uh, saying, silver and gold have I not. Immediately, that's finished. What I'm expecting, you don't have. So why should we carry on with the conversation? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But he says that, the Bible says that, you see, everything that is written in the Bible is deliberate. It, there's nothing that is accidental in the Bible. He was expected to receive something. Somebody say something. I will not leave here empty and handed. I don't know what I'm going to receive, but I'm coming with an expectation. And the Bible says the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. Anything that you expect God to do, God will do. If only you believe. If you are not expecting anything, you don't get anything. You know, this guy had been laid there daily. What does that mean? English scholars. It means every day, without fail, they laid him there. At the gate to the temple, the gate called what? 
beautiful. I imagine that that gate was the main entrance or one of the main entrance that was frequented by the disciples after Jesus had gone. What it also means is that this same gate had been used by Jesus himself with his disciples going into the temple because the Bible says that it asked what is custom to go into the temple every Sabbath. So it means every time he would have used that same gate. And if this man was laid there daily, it means that he may have bumped into Jesus, but because he had no expectation, he didn't receive anything from Jesus himself. I'm preaching on, but I'm, unfortunately I'm preaching to the wrong church. And so, this guy missed out on his breakthrough until the day that he fixed his eyes on them. Expecting to receive something. Someone say, I expect to receive something. He was expecting to receive something. He didn't know that. He didn't quite know, figure out what it was. But whatever it was would be better than what he had sitting where he was sitting. He had something. He had an expectation. So Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And the man, the Bible says, let's go, go back, to, let's read on, let's read on. I'm on, yeah. Rise and walk. And verse 7, go on quickly. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him. Because he was expecting something and not money, he allowed himself to be lifted. I don't know whether you understand the picture I'm painting. If I am expecting money and you are holding my hand without money, don't you know that I will resist? Don't come and waste my time. What I'm looking from you is money. If you don't have money, just go on. So that because by your standing here, you're blocking somebody else who has money who is about to give me something. So just move on quickly. But he wasn't expecting money. The Bible says that he was expecting something. If you want my right hand, here it is. So he took him by the right hand and he yanked him up. And Immediately, his feet and ankles received strength. Next verse, quickly. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. He knew that this thing, it can only be from God. Even though God will always use a man we have the treasure in earthen vessels. God's treasure is laid up on somebody who has no silver and gold. And the man's business all these years, sitting by the temple, is for silver and gold not to walk. He never ever expected to walk. He was by the temple. Jesus is passing. The, 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 the high priest is passing. Bishops are passing. Prophets are passing. You know, men of God, women of God are passing. People are passing, passing, passing. His business is not with miracle. What he wants is money. But that day, he said, I need something. 
Not money. I need something. So the man says that silver and gold we do not have. But such as I have. Do you know that such as I have is something? The thing that I have is not money, but it is something. Hallelujah. I say I have something. It may not be money, but it is something. It is something. And he held him by the hand and he pulled him and the man did not resist because he was looking for something. If there's something includes you holding my hand, here's my hand. If there's something includes you lifting me up, lifting me up here I am, pull me up. If there's something includes you raising me and then let me, let me get raised up. You know, a lot of people, when they have problems with their legs and somebody's trying to make them do something that they don't normally do, they become, hey, take your time, my friend. How <laughs> I many understand what I'm saying? If you know you have a problem on your leg and somebody's just pulling you, hey, take your time, careful. You don't know what it feels like. <laughs> you know, yes. Or they'll give you their better leg. You can play with this one. That's what this one is my private property. Hallelujah. But he says, I'm ready for something. Whatever you have to give me, I am ready for it. And the Bible says, when they lift that, you see, the miracle is not in the lifting of your hand. The miracle is in when you have been suspended between the earth and the Space. That is where strength comes into your leg. If you don't allow yourself to be lifted up to the place where you are vulnerable, you'll never receive strength. I'm preaching very powerfully and you're not seeing it. Are you with me? No, go, go, back, go back and see what I, what I just said. He says that, and he lifted, go back. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up. So he was suspended between the floor. And however tall Peter's arm is. I don't know. Can I use somebody? Can I use somebody? Nee, come. You are lighter. Come quickly, quickly, run. Run quickly. So. So, go down. Okay, yeah. So, give me your hand. Okay, so, see, I lift him up. Now he's suspended between the floor where he was, to the length of my hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if his legs are weak, and he knows that these legs are not legs I can use, he must have a certain faith in me to still allow me to bring him to this level. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and the miracle is not when he was on the floor. Go back to the floor. The miracle was not on the floor. The miracle was not when he gave me his hand. That was not where the miracle was. The miracle was when I lifted him up to this point. The Bible says that, and immediately his feet and ankles receive what? Strength. So strength doesn't come when you're on the floor looking at me. No, strength doesn't come when you give me your hand. Strength comes in the middle between the floor and where I'm asking you to get to. That is where strength comes. When Jesus blessed the fish, 
and the loaves of bread. It was still five and two. When he broke it and gave it to his disciples, it was still five and two. But when his disciples went around breaking and giving, giving and breaking, breaking and giving, giving and breaking, that is where the miracle happened. The miracle is always in between the floor and the stand. Give him a clap. up. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Never get to the place where you become too complacent with the man. Otherwise, you will not obey the instruction. Hallelujah. How do you receive the man that God has sent? Is it a God man or the man? It's a question. It's a question. From today, I want you to receive the man God has sent. So that it's not about personalities. In most churches, when pastor travels, people stop coming to church. When is pastor coming? We are waiting for when pastor comes, then we'll start coming again. No. Anybody that has sent here has a treasure for you. Jesus had a treasure for this man. Jesus was more powerful than Peter. Jesus had his blessing, but he bypassed. The man bypassed Jesus or Jesus bypassed him. Same place he's been sitting all these years. Daily he's been sitting there. Jesus has been coming back and forth. The disciples, the high priest, all those people have been coming back and forth. He never received anything. But when he was able to receive the one that Jesus sent, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. So when he rose up and he started leaping and jumping, he gave glory to Jesus. He gave glory to God, not to Peter, not to the, the, the people who were around there. He gave glory to the one who sent him. You will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes. So it's not a man. It's the man, the God that is using the man. But you have to receive the man, otherwise you miss out on the God that sent him. Hallelujah. We'll continue next week. Stand to your feet.